Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I Talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Just walk with your head up high. Don't be afraid. Just take it one step at a time. Don't give up on your dreams, no matter how small. Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica, and I'm your host. Tonight is October 11th, 2011. So welcome. Hi there out in chat land and any listeners here. Tonight we have a show that I entitled something about if the women in Liberia could change the world uh, where they were dealing with AK-47s running around and people being raped and murdered, um, then I think that we can make change in the 12-step recovery industry, whether it be in the meetings themselves and in the whole billion-dollar industry that's out there. Um, uh, Lima Gaubi, I think it's Lima Gaubi, um, she wrote, Mighty Be Our Powers. And she was on Tavis Smiley the other night. And, you know, I'm going to reach out to her. I don't, the connection between her and what I'm doing um, for me is simply, hi there, Sally. Hi, Sue. You're logged in there. Nice to see you guys. Um, that, you know, at times it felt like that this problem with just a couple of million people maybe in the rooms and maybe about 25 million, that's a lot of people, uh, out of work, about 25 million people supposedly have a problem with addiction or alcohol dependency. and But yet there is no cohesive group that is um, making the meetings and the culture safer. Uh, we tried here in Los Angeles, so I certainly gave it, you know, my best with a group of other women and men locally by doing some workshops. So there have been times where it feels a little bit overwhelming. Um, I invite anyone to call in. It's 818-475-9211. I don't have any special guests tonight. We're just going to talk and chat, so I hope that we do get some buddy to call in. Again, it's 818-475-9211. It's blogtalkradio.com forward, forward slash safe recovery. Um, so, so I'm looking at this woman who's written this fabulous book, Lima Gali, um, Mighty Be Our Powers, and her talking about this country that's been just in civil war for 150 years. I mean, I don't even know enough about, you know, what is about the country to really have a whole, you know, talk about it, except that I was thoroughly inspired. So I Google her and I put, I see her images and I start to see the images of what's been going on in Liberia, in Africa. Now, I did read the book, uh, an American, I mean, not American, but a child soldier that everybody was reading uh, about what went on in Darfur uh, in the middle of this last decade and couldn't believe that such a thing had been going on in Africa while we over here were worried about our iPods or our Macs or whatever we were worried about as our country was just kind of disintegrating the financial crisis, um, you know, coming up on its way 
in 2008. So her, I do have her picture up on my blog, Stop 13 Step in AA, and along when I Googled the images for Lima Gowie, I saw these pictures that they had taken the bodies of the women and the children and dumped them in front of the U.S. Embassy to get their attention. And I was just blown away. And then I went back and I watched the rest of the interview with her that happened this past week on Tavis Smiley, and I thought, you know what, Monica? If these group of women could take this on, and there's a woman president now, and they are making progress, they have made progress, that we can make change here with this problem, this secret problem inside Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, and the addiction treatment industry. So the rehabs and the treatment industry that I do believe that um, the, the change can and will be made because um, it's just possible. So at times when I feel like ready to give up, which I kind of was feeling a little bit, you know, making my documentary, and if anybody needs to contact me directly with a story uh, where you've been sexually harassed or battered or worse, uh, you can always reach me. Send me a message here uh, at makeaasafer at gmail.com. It's makeaasafer at gmail.com. So there's a lot of people in there. Hi, friend the girl. Hi, Ilse. Hi, guest guests. Yay. And so I was inspired. I just watched it again, and I thought, heck, so what do we need to do? We need strategy. We need a plan. I have a caller here. I'm going to see if this caller wants to talk to me or just listen. Hi, caller. How you doing, man? How you, how you doing, Monica? Is that you? <laughs> how you doing, Kevy Kev? Hey, I'm okay. I'm okay. I just uh, got off work. I made sure I tuned in for your show. So uh, that's the only way for me to listen. I can't listen online right now, so I have to. Uh, I want to listen to you in my car. So well, uh, that that's, that's me and your cue. That's queue. awesome that you're listening. Uh, I saw your number come in, and it's sort of a, an open forum tonight. And uh, so Ilsi, friend the girl, just sent you two love X's on the um, in the chat room. That was sweet. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right back the, at you. Right um, back at you. What's that? Right back at you. Oh, thank you, thank you. So, did you heard? I saw that you were on there when I started out. Um, do you have any comments that you want to say about the topic tonight, or really, you can talk about anything tonight? It's wide open. No, no. Uh, I'm pretty much in the listening mode right now. I just want to hear any info or new info that's come in, and but. You know, reaching back real quick, yes, I caught a little of that uh, young lady on Tavis Smiley, too. She was very inspiring. I agree with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Do you have any idea that that was going on that bad in in um, Liberia? Not that bad, no. Yeah. No. No, right. No we were sunbathing. Right. Sunbathing in Hawaii. There's bodies being dumped in front of the U.S. Embassy. Um I think that, uh, so do you want to listen? Do you want me to put you back on hold? Yeah, yeah, sure, but I just like to listen to the show. Yeah, hopefully right. uh, you get some more callers coming in there. Thanks, Kevin. We'll get you back on All if right. no one else calls in, okay? And we'll discuss. All right. <laughs> All right, sweetie. Have a good show. All right, All right. thanks. Thanks for calling in. All right, that was Kevin, my hubby. All right, 818-475-9211. Awesome, Kevin. Thank you, sweetie, for calling in. Um, yeah, so the latest that I want to talk about this that was uh, posted up on Stinkin' Thinkin', I want to put a shout-out and thank you to Ilse and Mark, uh, who are the uh, the founders of the website stinkin'-thinkin.com, and uh, for always posting uh, when my radio show's on, but more than that, for doing what they're doing and providing uh, all these news stories uh, are coming and being posted so people can be made aware so they don't just come and go. And one of the new ones that um, was posted was about a, here, here's the thing, a shiny failure reborn as a rehab center. Um, so it's called Tribeca 12. It's a collaboration between Hazleton, the 
a million million dollar nonprofit. Is Hazleton a nonprofit? I think it is. I don't think they're acting like one, but the Minnesota-based network of rehabilitation centers. Oh my God! Oh my God! I'm reading this for the first time. Okay, and the Columbia University Psychiatry Department. And it represents an unusual resolution for high-gloss condo developments that went belly up. The apartments, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, my God. So I guess I need to call Columbia. Columbia University Psychiatry Department needs a call from Monica Richardson and anyone else to let them know that 12-step is killing people. 12-step is killing people. You know, the first time I heard somebody say that was it was on Big John's radio show that I had called in. And, wow, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Mark. Uh, I recorded that whole thing on video. But um, maybe it was Gunther who said it. But uh, I was like, and how is... Uh, how... Oh, friend of the girl just said that they bought it for eight point three million. What are they gonna make? How much are they gonna gross? You know, I have a real problem with this. I have a real problem with this non profit status. So here's some call to action. It's called the Attorney General's Office. Every state has one. Uh of Minnesota. Contact them. Say so you don't think that they're in status with non profit status, uh and that they are acting for profit. And uh, same thing with New York City. Uh, you know, you can contact the uh, Attorney General's Office of New York State and file a complaint. It's two pages. You fill it out and you send it in to the about whoever you're complaining about. Okay, so a buffed hardwood floors, a fireplace in the living room, marble in the bathrooms, and silicone in the kitchen, the 2,200-square-foot Full floor apartment on West Broadway looks exactly like a luxury condo. The furniture is plush and neutral. They have artworks hanging. Oh, my God, I want to be sick. A Wii console hooked up to the... You know what? What is wrong with our country? Let's see what it says here. The residence, which uh, they have its own clinic, can accommodate 25 outpatients and offers... Meditation and yoga costs 5000 to 5500 a month, which is not covered by health insurance. Well, that's a good thing. At least health insurance is not going to be covering it. Um, it could be covered potentially by student loans. Oh, really? How does that work? Uh, the first Hazleton Center in Minnesota opened in a farmhouse 62 years ago, but its first New York patient who identified himself as being in a Wall Street investments arriving soon thereafter. We know that he was not involved in Wall Street investments. It was Bill W., and he was a um, a wannabe stockbroker. Uh, back in 1952, Mark Mishik, the chief executor in, in Minneapolis, it expanded, oh, my God, it is expanding a center for youth and families as part of a $42 million investment. Wow, in treating young adults. Oh, my God. Guys, this is serious. This is serious. They're going after, so they're giving up on the prison mates, I guess. Hmm. Um, it's all my fault. I think I brought it up at an AA uh, general service thing a couple years ago. I'm not going to take all the blame, but I did bring it up. I said, you know, guys, you've been spending all this time and focus on on prisoners. Why don't you focus on young people? Oh, my God, I think I said that a couple years ago. Okay, so I have to undo uh, $42 million. Um, this is so scary, guys. You can read this story. It's on uh, the front page of Stinkin' Thinkin', and it's, it came out of the uh, New York Times October 10th. It was yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Well, on the other hand, so we'll move forward. One of the things that I did hear uh, Lima, who wrote Mighty Be Our Powers, say that the women who were coming into um, the little groups that they were had in Liberia as they were fighting um, what was going on there, this war-ravaged country, was that they were coming in and their children were being killed. Their children were being murdered. And uh, 
the focus of looking like looking forward, looking forward to the changes and looking for um the leaders in each group in each of the sects of the religions um that there are there. Let me see. Somebody wrote, what would be the reason for not taking health insurance? Um, you know, that's a good question. Then they can just, they don't have to go under certain standards. I'm sure there are some standards to receive health care, and probably this way they can just hire a bunch of knucklehead members that have a bunch of time and sobriety, and maybe they don't have their PhDs, or maybe they don't have their credentials. That could be the benefit of that. That's the answer to that one. Um, so if I don't have a calculator in front of me, but let's see, if you had, what did they say, uh, $5,000 a month, that should be easy to figure out, right? 5000 times 25 people. Let's see what that is on my calculator. So $5,000 a month times 25 people is $125,000 a month times 12 equals, oh, so um, $1.5 million is what they're going to bring in. Wait a second. Wait, wait. $5,000 a month, right, times 25 people. Yeah, okay. Uh, So the new hope, the hope that, you know, even when this, oh, I want to give the number to call in, I'm sorry. It's 818-475-9211 is a new book. There is somebody new that is on the scene. Oh, so friend the girl just said down here in the chat room, I don't think they're offering anything but AA meetings. You're kidding me. Is that really? Is some way we can find out? Um, it's a place to live. Is that what it really? It's like a place to live and have yoga, and have meditation, and then they can, you know, read some of those silly books. Mm, wow. All right. So maybe we'll talk about the book that Hank Hayes wrote because Hank Hayes is somebody new that's on the scene. I had him on twice, and I think it's. Uh, I don't want to, you know, give Hank a lot of pressure here, but um, (laughs) I think we we have needed someone to pop up into this world who is going to be preaching something else. And the name of Hank's book is You've Been Lied To, The Untold Truth About Mainstream Alcohol and Addiction Treatment Programs and the Secrets on How to Eliminate the Problem for Good. And he sent me a copy. I finally have it in my hands here. It is a beautiful book. And he's there with his two children. He's got five, though. And uh, I have just started to read it. I have not uh, had a lot of time to read it this weekend. I was pretty busy. Went to see Colin Hay down in San Diego with my hubby. Boy, he is a funny guy and great music. It was so nice. Um, So one of the things that came out of, that I did take out of his book is, He's got some really serious uh, data, and he did a lot of research uh, in recovery for, I think, about 15, 16 years when he left and realized that this wasn't the only way and started, um, uh, oh, what treatment center, the blogger's asking. I was talking about the treatment center is the one that Hazleton is either just opened or opening in New York down in Tribeca, which is like the lower trendy part of uh, Manhattan where they have the Tribeca Film Festival. So it's just north of where the um, World Trade Center used to be. And uh, that's going in, and then now they're going to go after, you know, the young people, the teens. We've got to stop this. This this needs to stop. Um, I, I actually think that uh, they should make it not okay. I, I think you'd have to be over 18 and older to attend a meeting unless somebody is going to be putting some safety statements up. So Hank here talks about the Hughes Act, which gave incentive money to hospitals and organizations. 
And Marty Mann and the, I'm going to read this right out of his book. Marty Mann and the AA organization had its major victory and had opened an office in Washington, D.C. Currently, the number of organizations that AA and the NCADD are affiliated with are in the thousands. As a matter of fact, the NCADD requests a percentage of the affiliates' earnings, and one of AA's major profit centers is the revenue stream from its books and literature that these very organizations use. These relationships and affiliations are the lifeblood of AA's and NCADD's existence. So, oh, we have some callers in. Let's see. Let's get this first caller in here. Hi there. Hello? Hi. Hi, it's uh, Salahuddin again from New York City. Hey, um, how you doing there? <laughs> very good. This is a... Uh, it seems like I'm going to be a regular, not at a bar, but at your show, it seems, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> we change habits, right, as we recover. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, great show. Um, I'm not near a computer, so I just called in. I was listening. Uh, I just, you know, make a quick comment. And, of course, uh, again, your show, and uh, I also listen to, you know, ID Powers Recovery Today, and it's they're very, you know, very uh, avant-garde, at least, you know, your shows are very, with respect to recovery and much needed to Try and transform this this industry to be, you know, a uh, real industry instead of a, uh, a uh, like a snake oil salesman and carpet baggers, which is what the AA program has turned the recovery industry into. That's what it's done. It is. It's a con game. That's exactly what it is. They're snake oil salesmen because what they're what they're proffering is is not real. It's a lie, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it actually harms more than it does good. I mean, any any institution that has a lower success rate of two to five percent, mm-hmm. where, whereby if you don't have no treatment at all, you have a better chance. It's actually doing harm. It's not really helping mm-hmm. anybody. So, so just very quickly, again, I live in New York City. I live in New York State. We know that we have two governing bodies, you know, regulatory organizations, the Office of Mental Health, OMH, and OASIS, Office of Alcoholism and Substance Abuse Services. One one, one gripe that I've always had with the mental health industry, you know, yes. that they allow themselves to be intimidated, like Office of Mental Health, that they, they abandon people who have substance abuse problems. They have uh, let, uh, you know, this uh, pseudo-scientific, you know, religious organization uh, become ghettoized, ghettoized people with substance abuse problems, and, and they have simply relinquished control as though people who have substance abuse problems are beyond the scope of, you know, regular mental health, like, you know, people with depression. It's yes. a, you know what I'm saying. I mean, please respond. Right. Yeah. What was the other name of the, you said the Office of Mental Health. What was the other organization? Uh, OMH, Office of Mental Health. They, they, they're two regular, different regulatory bodies here in New York State for substance abuse treatment facilities and mental health institutions, you know, two different regulatory bodies for the clinicians. You know, you get a CASAC, uh, Certified Alcoholism and Substance Abuse Services uh, Certificate to be a substance abuse treatment uh, uh, you know, provider and a uh, you know, of course you get you know whatever psychology, psychiatrist, you know, clinical social worker. They they're licensed in a separate you know, in o, by OMH pretty much. So the New York State Education Department Office of Profession. But um, you know, Oasis is like a ghetto for substance abuse treatment people. You know, it's a ghetto, <laughs> and you need to take the people right, out so of the tell ghetto. Tell me your name again. I want to write it in the next. How do you spell sure, your name? Uh, Salahuddin. You can call me Sal. Sal. Everybody okay, I remember you were on. So Sal. You know, we so you've been call, you, I so appreciate you calling in because there's people in the chat room and my husband called. There's someone else waiting. I'm going to probably bring them on so we, maybe the three of us could chat if you want to talk mm, some more. Sure. You know, so you see the problem, and did you hear me talking about the women in Liberia, how they affected change, right? Were you, did you that talk was that great. or you came yeah. in later? Oh, yeah. That's great. So what do you, we're all spread out. I was talking to Ilse on Friend the Girl. You know, Orange Papers has done a lot of great good. I'm not in a country like I think one of the things I saw about um uh, I'm hard time saying her name um Lima is um they were all in this town together and they would meet you know in a you know in one of their houses or huts or tents you know whatever and so there was those the bodies there you know all in one place and mm. there's a lot of power in that as we all know and mm. I'm sort of alone out here and uh, each of us are, you know, somebody's in Oregon and somebody's in Chicago and somebody's in... How, I mean, I guess we could do Sky- Skyping, um, mm. conferencing on the phone weekly or monthly. Do you have any ideas of, it's big, but come on. I mean, if they can fight off those in a war-torn country 
with yeah. AK forty sevens. <laughs> okay, you know what? We can yeah. we can change this, right? So, but if you have any suggestions on strategy, uh, sure. I mean, as you said, I think one of the uh, um, one of the is, is to circumvent the twelve steppers. As you said, really try to uh, gain some inroads. I think we have some legislative. Uh, Tools or, or ammunition on our on our side because a lot of states now have designated the twelve step organizations as being a religion, so mm-hmm. we can use that separation of church and state to to really pretty much kind of you know sidestep the twelve steppers you know and appeal mm-hmm. to the rational uh, clinicians and treatment providers you know so I I think that what we as you said I think we need to have I think one of one of the main very the main means by which the 12 steps uh, gets to the um, uh, the masses uh, is via their hotline. Um, you know, they have telephone meetings. They have hotlines in every city, every state. I think it would benefit us if we had, like, hotlines, means by which people who have substance abuse problems can reach out and get a rational solution. You know, mm. um, Yeah, I think that would be probably the, the, the best thing that we could do right now. I think that's the best. Thing. Wow, that's interesting. So rational solutions um, is rational recovery, but I'm writing this down. Rational solutions have a hotline, right? I, we we talked about this mm-hmm. in the um, first uh, make a safer workshop. You know, when I was mm-hmm. still going to meetings, and um, that someone said, you know, people need a hotline. There's, there's nowhere to call. So that's mm-hmm. good. I like that. All right, and of course through the courts, if there is not that stream of judges sending, we've got to stop the DUIs, even though it's illegal, like, you know, it's, I don't think it's Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal in every state, but do you know that answer? It's not, it wasn't ruled in every state, was it, or what? No, no, know that in the chat room? Unfortunately, no. I don't know how many, but not, not nearly right. as many as it should be. We really wanted to go all the way to the Supreme Court to make it a, that no one, and I started a, you know, a petition, like just, like a little baby petition to send to Jerry Brown um, about that they must offer, they must offer alternatives uh, that no one can be sentenced to a religious, you know, uh, faith healing place for treatment for addiction or alcohol dependency. And plus, now they're like, I heard this from somebody recently. They're saying if a, if a pilot gets one DUI, if a cop gets one DUI, we have a cop who killed himself in San Diego because he mm. was sent to AA. Um, a fireman. So I thought, okay, guys, we all got to go to our own towns and, and, you know, get. I think maybe the literature that I made or we make some literature where everybody could download it or buy it and then you go to your, you got to go to the cops, to the firemen and to the pilots and say, look, when they tell you that you're sentenced to, you know, alcoholics or N.A. and say, excuse me, I'm a, I'm a Muslim hmm. or I'm a Buddhist. And they're going to say the Lord's Prayer, or they're going to tell me I've got to turn my will and life over to the care. It's very Christian that this you can't do this. That's I think that's an excellent idea. And uh, as you said, I mean, in, in terms of, uh, uh, I think again with that, that that issue in most states where you have two different governing bodies, two different bailiwicks, one dealing with, in most states, one dealing with substance abuse treatment and other dealing with mental health proper, I think that needs to be eliminated. I think that's the major problem. The substance abuse treatment facilities have no real accountability to evidence-based practice and, you know, the the more progressive, uh, you know, empirically sound, you know, uh, mental health industry. We need to do away with Oasis in New York City. We can have, you know, imagine having a, a separate treatment governing body specifically for uh, depression, another one specifically for bipolar, you know, another for specifically for, uh, you know, a narcissistic personality disorder. It, it would, it makes it very unwieldy. So I think right, we need right. to rein in the substance abuse treatment uh, governing bodies, and, and so that they are not. You know, on um, you know, on the margins, doing whatever they want to do with no accountability. Right, right. Do you want to stay on? I want to bring on sure, another sure. caller. Sure, sure. My pleasure. Sure. Okay, yes, yeah, stay on, Tal. So let's mm-hmm. see, we have another caller. Hi, caller. You're on the line. What's your name? Hey, Monica. It's Emily. Oh, hi, Emily. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm good. So we have Sal on the phone here. He's calling hi. from New York. You're calling from Florida, right? Yep. 
Okay, so what, what do you want to say? Tonight's uh, just a free for, you know, everybody to hear what we're talking about. And I, you and I got a chance to talk uh, while I was shopping at the farmer's market. And uh, please tell the listeners what's going on down where you are. Well, I don't know what you mean by that. I mean, it's raining outside. That's going on. You got, we got the... <laughs> It's raining outside. Um, well, you Sorry, I muted. I muted you. We got the 10 p.m. recovery meeting at the local clubhouse. That's gonna happen, I guess, in a couple hours. So I guess there's going to be some indoctrination going on. I mean, mm-hmm. you have a question or a comment for me or Sal? Well, I was yeah, I was listening to the beginning of your story and or the beginning of your show, and you don't um you were talking about how you don't know much about Liberia. I don't really know much about Liberia either, but I think it's important to note i don't i mean I missed the first minute, but it's important to note that um they were a colony you know they were a colony built from slaves basically liberia eighteen fifty seven yeah the America wanted to get rid of its excess slaves, and the black American slaves were there, and Charles Taylor was the president. The president of Liberia now is a woman, and she's, uh, you know, has a background she's a in the. Yeah, yeah. She's one of the women, along with the woman that, uh, uh, you know, Monica was talking about, who was uh, won for 2011, you know, the Nobel Peace Prize. There's three right. of them, one from. Yeah, so mm-hmm. she's, yeah, so I know a bit about it too. 70% of the women in Liberia are known to have been raped. 70%. Wow. That's fascinating. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of I problems that. there. Yeah. Yeah, seventy percent. So it's a big problem there. What they did there, those women, is uh, is to be uh, probably an example for the world to emulate. Right. Congo, and so what I what yeah. you maybe missed, Emily, was what I said is I was feeling a little um, kind of a, like a setback or you know not depressed but like a little oppressed uh, about you know what we can do about the problem that's in a in 12-step meetings and culture and about safety and women being raped and women, sexual harassment and financial scamming. And I was like, oh, what can I do? And I saw her on Tavis Smiley, and I thought, what the fuck? They can do this with the AK-47. Now my son said, well, you know, the auntie's a little higher, Mom. You know, like when things get worse, people do get like up in arms. And I, I want to say another thing, and this is really was a little inspiring. So I went, you know, we're having Occupy LA and Occupy Wall Street, and I, I was riding the Ciclavia that closed down the street so we could all ride, like, you know, 10 miles downtown, and we wound up in City Hall where there's Occupy LA. And there's a soapbox, and there's a mic, you know, like a bullhorn, and the guy gets up on it and goes, Anybody have anything they want to say? Anybody want to talk? And, you know, and they handed it to my son, and he said something, but I thought, you know what? Oh my God! Like I can come down here and I can just speak my mind, but I couldn't go into the Westside District in Los Angeles. Like this is Los Angeles, United States of America, where people were coming up to me and telling me we women were being raped, sexual harassment, up the gazoo, getting emails from all over the country about this horrible crap that they would not let me speak. That is so fucked up that it's not funny. And when I stood down there in, you know, with these other people, I thought, this is where I belong. I belong where people, I'm like-minded, that they're getting off their ass, they're getting off the couch, and saying, I've had enough. And I think that it's a movement that where people need whatever, we make a T-shirt and everybody starts to wear it, and uh, something simple, you know, and those who still, I know there's still people who go to meetings that are on stinking thinking, um, that you wear them, or we decide, oh, we're going to go back to one meeting and just stand up and speak our mind and say, this is all bullshit. I'm sober 36 years, and I fucking left this place. When did they do research? Why are you sitting here reading and listening to Chapter 5 over and over and nodding your heads like they've never, this guy wrote this shit, and then he never backed it up with anything, nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know any other medical treatment out there. I don't know any other disease out there which they completely stopped researching in the 1930s. Like nothing. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's incredible. It doesn't make it doesn't make any kind of logic at all. Ladies, I think I want to ask you, don't you think that the AA and the 12-step programs is one of the last bastions of, uh, one of the main bastions of patriarchy? 
and, mm-hmm. and the way people are treated is very, particularly women, is very patriarchal, and yeah. that's never addressed in the 12-step program. At least I know women in sobriety try to create an alternative, but AA is not really faulted for that practice, patriarch, uh, patriarchal behaviors. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a woman come to like in the area meeting. There was like you know a couple of hundred people there, and she kept talking. There was a whole group. It, this has come up many times before about the he the he this and the he that, you know. And she said they need to make it gender friendly, like change it. And you should see that, like the reactions in the room. And I thought, I'm, I'm not in the right place. Like that's when I started to feel like, like what am I doing here? Because there were people who feel like that, that it, you know, you change this, change that, and they're like, oh, you can't, you know, this is like the Bible, you can't change it, you know. Well, didn't didn't Bill W say, you know, he used to read in a big book, like, you know, I've been a been sober, you know, a bit over fifteen years and uh and the the book says, the big book says that he acknowledges I know you know a bit more about it, Monica and I do, but it's the first hundred members. All of them were a particular race and all of them were a particular all men. The first hundred members of a particular demographic. Now, if you want to have a study, you get a cross section of random sampling of people, and if you want to get a real sense of what you know that target population you're studying is about, it's not going to be one select group of people from one particular area. So, as the lady said, you're so correct that it's it's a lot. It's very skewed. Um, it's very limited. It's mostly superstition, and it does a great deal of damage to the psyche of people. I think. Ultimately, the people in the 12-step program are really not, it's like the, they call it the panacea, you know, it's like a pan, uh, placebo effect, where while you're getting clean and sober, you think that all of these other things that are going on at the same time are really the cause of it, where I believe these people would have gotten sober, even if there was no 12 and 12, that they, you know, they were just in the fellowship, but I believe they would have really gotten sober had they not gone to the AA meetings at all. You know, they just, you know the AA just takes credit for what these people would have done on their own anyway. They were ready to try anything, so they moved on to cult religion. And I think it's Hmm. interesting to point out that Bill W. actually wrote Two Wives in the Big Book, who pretended to be Lois, and he wrote that that chapter. So knowing Hmm. that, it's interesting to read that chapter again. Two of the wives. Uh, We have another call. I'm going to bring him in. Hi, Kevin. Do you want to join the conversation? I'm sorry. I just came in because I got cut off. I was in cyberspace. I got lost in the Matrix here. Oh, okay. Do uh, you have anything you want to say? We're kind of talking about how it's, uh, you know, patriarchal. It's so male, you know, the way that the speak is and stuff in the book. And um, do you have any opinions or comments? Wait, what were you, what were you talking about again? Oh, okay. So you were you weren't even able to hear on the road. Your your thing. No, literally, okay. literally. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sal, so tell Kevin. Will you tell him again what you just said? Well, yeah. Basically, that you know, particularly in the '30s, uh, the the big book in the 12-step program is very patriarchal. Is very skewed in terms of one gender, one particular ethnic or racial group. You know, it's very. Uh, uh, limited in terms of being a representative of the population of people who are substance abusers, which is a cross section, you know, of, of males, females, different ethnic groups, different races, different religious viewpoints. As Monica points out, yeah. So yeah, it's very again, it's the way that it, the meetings are conducted, and the way the program is is uh, the way interpersonal interpersonal dynamics are based on patriarchy, which is a type of oppressive. Uh, uh, you know, interpersonal dynamic, and I think this, it, oh, wow. it causes a lot of problems for women primarily. Oh wow, 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 wow! Yeah, well said, well said, hmm. well said. Uh, I mean, what can I say? You know, you're talking to a black man that it's a dependent program. Trust me, I've had my hmm. share of segregation. Hmm. Uh, hmm. You know, that could go on and on and on. Um, I really, you know, it's. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. You basically just pretty much nailed it on the head for me. So. You know, that's one of the things, too, that um, it is still very uh, it's very white. Um, NA is very white as far as the demographics. And I'm kind of glad that although they're really trying to infiltrate, you know, and um, but, you know, why would a black man, uh, you know, want to be told that they were powerless? Anyway, you know, like uh, it's already been harassed enough, and this is like you know in L.A. and in New York too. I'm sure, you know, uh, 
2008 and 2011, and well, it's it's better now, but um, it, it was it still happens, and anybody of color knows that, uh, and, and you know, and it's sort of like, um, uh, you know, it, any, well, anyway, let alone, it's, you know, let alone anyone, let alone anyone. Why would anyone want to be told that they were powerless? You know, right. Anything. So you know. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah. So I, I think that um, one of the things that I thought of uh, making was a T-shirt. Okay. So if the T-shirt, if it, it what was, if you were to put something on, I know that on it I wanted to say, "Powerless, 1935, 1936, Empowered, 2011." And what statement do you think like really grabs? Like what all of us here feel, who have left, that when you if, you if you walked in and someone who was in the culture in the meetings who was sober through twelve step would get what that T-shirt was about and would make them think. Like that's what I'm working on. I'm working on. I'm going to make something simple, but I will I will love people's opinions of like the you know the 99 percent you know with the support the Occupy Wall Street. Um, everybody gets it, you know, and they're getting. Everybody's getting more educated. So, all of us on the phone, anybody in the chat room, what do you think? Um, what would it be? I'm not powerless. My best thinking didn't get me here. Um, Thirteen stepping is sexual harassment. It's against the law in the United States and in an AA meeting. Something that direct. Thirteen stepping is against the law. Keep your hands off my ass. And my mm. body and my life. I don't know. You know. Rarely have we seen a person fail who simply decides not to take that first drink. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We said, "How about a woman's way through the twelve steps?" My sponsor brought me that. She was trying everything in her power to get me to do the steps. It didn't work. That's what somebody wrote. How about one of their own? The courage to change. No. I can't handle it. <laughs> Sorry, you don't want it to be. Like, I thought of one. What about AA kills Kenneth Anderson? Hi, Kenneth. I guess Kenneth Anderson of Ham's Harm Reduction. Uh, welcome. And I think that's important, too, that I, I love, I would like to see harm reduction grow and not everybody think about it as, you know, where they provide needles, where we could teach young people moderation and what is harm reduction that's not black and white because you're drinking like a crazy teenager, that you're an alcoholic for life and you can never drink and you're going to go down. I mean, the stories about this, uh, I think it's important to have harm reduction in a different light grow. And, and Amy Lee Coy's there. Hi, Amy Lee Coy. She's building the Illum Room. She wrote a book. I have your book right here, girl, From Death Do I Part. How I Freed Myself from Addiction. This is a great book uh, that um, Amy went in and out of AA and rehab for 20 years from the time she was 14 and finally got clean and sober. She doesn't call it that. But, you know, she stopped on her own by actually writing the book through self-love. Imagine that, about actually taking care of herself. Hmm. And uh, we have another caller on the line. I'm going to bring this caller on. Do you all want to stay on, Kevin? Sure. Sure. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Here we go. Hi, caller. Who's? What's your name? My name's Carolyn. Hi. How are you doing? Hi, Carolyn. How you doing, girl? <laughs> All right. I heard. I've I've listened to part of it. Um, I had a suggestion for the T-shirt. Um, mm -hmm. You know how they say "got milk." Yeah. How about How about "got your own brain"? <laughs> what's that? Got what? Got your own brain. <laughs> Got your own brain. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I was I was hearing about the patriarch. Um, I I I think that will have to go down when AA goes down. Hmm. I don't think that's going to change. I mean, all the resistance I ran into with the trouble that I had. Um, and just asking for help, not trying to cause a stir at the beginning, but mm -hmm. just asking for help. Um, right. They were they, their their tuchuses were covered 
all across the board, even by their wives. It was it was just despicable. So I can't see that changing unless um, AA goes down big time. Yeah, you know, I think that there's um, uh, one of the things that I saw that was so horrible was a woman named Rosie came to me and um, through another woman when I was I was kind of it was last summer and I was just ready to go. You know what? Screw this. There's not enough people on board. I don't. I wasn't quite, you know, in the thick of it with thinking, thinking, because I was still going to meetings and trying to make it safe from the inside. And everywhere yeah. I went, like ostracized and treated like shit and disrespected. And I was just like, I yeah. felt like I was throwing daggers at me all the fucking time in their stupid general service assemblies, all of it, you know. And I was mm-hmm. ready to just like leave and say, this is it. I can't do it. And join, you know, go to a Buddhist temple and get some help there, or whatever. And I ran into this. Spanish-speaking woman at the general service conference who was sobbing and told me her story and had punched a guy in the face at a meeting and she took the literature that I had and translated it into Spanish and she got it to 22 meetings and it was great. And, you know, I just felt like, uh, you know, I just can't, I can't do this alone. You know, I just can't do it yeah. alone. And then some other people like Carolyn showed up and, oh, no, Rosie showed up. But what was the worst part about Rosie's story is that the women, when Rosie kept saying this guy grabbed her and she said, get away from me, and she had such a horrible childhood and had been really hurt as a kid violently, and the women with 20 years and 28 years, they said two things to her. And this is, this is what AA is all about. This is to me. This is what's wrong with Alcoholics Anonymous. They said, Rosie, if you had a better sense of humor, it would be okay. Mm. And then they said to her, if you just worked a better spiritual program. And she said to me, you know, Monica, it wasn't, I, I finally stood up for myself. I told that fucker, get your hands off me. Don't fucking touch me. I told you don't hug me. Stop it. It was those women. What they said, and she said, I'm going to get drunk. Yeah. And then we I went know, to the cops in Culver City, and, like, they told me that it wasn't, you know, they didn't tell her the truth the first time. What What is battery? What is, you know, the, the second time that right. you texted, you know, you got to file a report. Anybody going to listen to this later? You file. It's too bad. No matter what they say, they say, well, I want to file a complaint. I want it on record. And so pull, out your, pull out your phone and start videotaping the interview with the cop. Right. And or, if they the don't secretary. come out to the meeting, you need to go to, my attorney told me this, go to the police station and demand that you file a complaint. So it's on record. He says if they do not come out there, then you go to them. doesn't matter how many times it takes. Have a record of it. That's what I, that's what I was told. I was told that just over the phone, if I did not have a physical um, wound or scratch or any type of abrasion whatsoever, then it was considered he said, she said, and it was a waste of their time. Right, but they wouldn't have told you that if you were in Ralph, though, Carolyn, right? You know what I mean? Like, if you were in Ralph, some creepy guy who was creepy in the meeting, okay? It's obvious, but in the meeting, there's so many creepy. How can you pick out the creepy one when you call the cops? Right. Right. But but in the post office or in a grocery store, everybody has their wits about them, and they would say, oh, my God, yeah, that guy was hugging her. He didn't want to be hugged. They wouldn't go, oh, this is AA. We, We allow everybody here. I, I remember that guy that walked through, I mean, I slapped the palm of my hand on his chest and he walked through my arm until I curled my fingernails into his chest. And then he got indignant with me because I told him flat out that I do not give hugs, I shake hands. And he goes, <laughs> and walked away after I did that. And I said, well, if you really wanted to have greeted me, you would have shook my hand. Hmm. Obviously, he had other intentions. But the women um, do cover it up. They they do. Um, oh, I was told just to leave it be. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, a sponsor told me once, so she, I got rid of her. Um, another one, I was told to pray for abundance for the person who attacked me. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's insane. That's completely That's irrational. And I said, you mean you want me to pray for him and (laughs) that he doesn't do this again? She goes, no. 
I want you to pray that he has everything in life that you wish you had in life. <laughs> yeah, pray for him while he <laughs> prays on you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah pray for him while really? he prays That's on you. Good. Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, really. I know. I I was just you know, and she she'd get on me. Did you pray? Did you pray? Did you pray? And it's and um, so I thought, okay. This is how it's supposed to work. It does not. This is one of the big questions. I had so many questions. That's why I was always on the outside and, and being shunned. Even by my sponsor on my birthday, she wouldn't even sit next to me. Wow. Uh, but anyway, so I went ahead and I prayed. And she asked me if I prayed. And I said, I prayed for the son of a bitch, okay? I said, it made me more angry and more resentful to do that than it did to keep the resentment of what he did to me initially. I said, so it doesn't work. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> that, that, that was their reasoning, is mm. it gets rid of your resentment. No, mm. it did not. Mm. Not in the slightest. Uh, well, that leads to so, self-hatred, really. That leads to, now you're blaming yourself for someone violent. That's a battered woman syndrome, really. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah it, that's, that's battered with this. Unbelievable. That reinforces the powerlessness of the program. Mm. Well, that's why I loved the title of this woman's book. Like, and you see her presence, um, Mighty Be Our Powers, Lima Gowie, so it's L-E-Y-M-A-H and G-B-O-W-E-E, and Ellen Johnson Sirleaf became the president, and they they both got the uh, Nobel Peace Prize, right, uh, in 2011. And a woman from Yemen, too, yeah. Yeah, Yemen. But the thing that was crazy, and like the L.A. Times, they said, you know, power is not powerlessness. Like, and you know, these freaking L.A. Times are like a bunch of AA, you know, love nests over there. And so, of course, and I posted something up there. I'm like, why are you linking the powerlessness to these freaking women? Like, they are not powerless. They just, like, faced off the AK-47, and you're going to put your stupid AA jargon and flatter it on a fabulous story of courage, of, of, yeah. of power, of hope of, like, yeah. the faith, you know, they're very religious. They all believe in their different faiths. She said that some of them are Christian. Right. There's many different Muslim sects. And that did not get in their way. But if you go into AA and you try to have a discussion about changing that aspect, I actually heard that it's in some kind of policy written that they will never change the big book as it is, period. Like, they would could write something else. But they really think that there's something very special about this. And it has to be unhinged. One large, like, you know, I think one thing at a time, whether it's the petition that goes to every governor, every mayor, every senator, and let people know that, you know, and bring it to the superior court, that the Supreme Court, that you right. cannot ever send anybody to a trial. Oh, I know. I, that's that's I ridiculous. Because it has been proven in the, the second, third, and seventh circuit court that it is a religious-based program, and which is against the law to, um, like Jill, she's trying to fight it, and, and you know, we've talked about the um, a- ACLU, but that's in Wall Street right now, and all you're getting is phone banks, so. It's Emily, you wanted to say something? Well, yeah, I said, I was going to say that I can see myself coaching it, because I'm like, I mean, I went to a couple of NA meetings um, last year, and I pushed people when I went to rehab after my frequency, my first meeting was an AA meeting, and, you know, so they said the Lord's there at the end, and I was raised Jewish, I was thoughtless about all that jazz, so I had never, I mean, I guess I had heard the Lord's prayer once or twice, but I, I didn't know it, you know, so yeah. I mean, at the very thing, I was able to identify it as some kind of crazy Christian thing, and that always helps me maintain my distance through, you know, a couple more years of being in and out of rooms. I think that first alienating experience with standing in a circle looking confused and people staring at me disapprovingly like I was, you know, yeah. like I was trying to be, like, like I was trying to be obstinate or something. Like I was trying to, they looked at me like I was trying to, you know, cause a problem or, or something or like I was trying to be or by not saying this prayer with them and I really had no idea how it went and I still really don't. Yeah, well, at least N.A. made some change. Like, N.A. is a little more, you know, forward-thinking, and they, like, mandated from the top down, from their general service office in Los Angeles, that there was to be no prayer set at the end. And that's happened a long time ago. 
uh, and they created a, a statement that, and they put you know arms around each other. But I, I mean, I even think uh, at the end when I went, I didn't want to even. I, I stopped saying it. No, I, we even changed. Yeah, I mean that at, was at, foreplay to them. I'm sorry, <laughs> that, that was foreplay. Don't don't get me there. <laughs> All right, we have like we have five minutes again. left. We've, we've got five minutes left to the show, and um, I want to thank. I want to give everybody a chance if they want to say something. Uh, how about Sal? Is there something else you'd like to say? Well, sure. I think, uh, it's a or... pleasure to meet you all, and this is a great forum. And uh, yeah, if we uh, stick together, we can dismantle AA. And I, and I don't think that there's uh, any uh, contradiction. I, I'm not one who believes that AA has any uh, really any any remedial characteristics whatsoever. I think it should be abolished, as the lady said. I agree. It's time wow. for it to, to be Thank gone. Thank you so much, Sal. Thanks. Okay, and um, how about Emily? Thanks so much, Sal, for calling in, uh, and I hope you call in again. Okay, mm-hmm. Emily, you have anything else? You have a minute. Okay, sure. Thanks for having me, Monica, and I think everybody should join the forum over at Orange Papers because they need of members. Okay, we'll get over back over to Orange Papers. Thank you for calling me, Emily, and we'll be in touch, okay? Okay, great. Thank you for having me. Okay, good night. And, Kevin, do you have any final thing you want to say? Well, I mean... Just thinking about a T-shirt, especially for women, that uh, on their chest, you know, should have a couple of arrows pointing upward and saying, uh, the slogan should say, my eyes are up there.
we can change this. If they could do what they did in Liberia, we can do what we need to do in our culture, in the United States, in the U.K., wherever this problem is, in Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, the 12-step addiction treatment industry. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me and listening, and I'll see you next week. Okay. Take care. And remember, empowerment. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. Bye. Good night. Good night, sweetie. Bye.